Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. John sent me a note, so Steve, check out this story. From MSN, Brian Scheid writes, a major car company is going bankrupt. And do you have any question in your mind as to who they might be talking about? I didn't. I go, oh, Carvana. <laughs> I've talked a lot about Carvana lately, and it looks like the end might be near. Uh, Brian writes, a few years back while driving on a highway in my city, I saw something strange. Seven-story glass building looks like a mini parking garage that had cars on display. My first exposure to a Carvana vending machine, decade later, this used car company that burst on the scene making brash predictions about how it revolutionized the used car industry is staring down potential insolvency. So he says, in business, we love to see companies that have the courage to dream big and try to change the status quo. Disruptors, they call them. However, the caveat is they live up to the hype and execute the deliverables they so loudly forecasted during their introduction to the world. Carvana's concept was brash and intriguing as they looked to remake the used car industry's image that had been stereotypically represented by the shady salesperson trying to pull a bad deal over on you. Used car buying is and has been one of the most stressful situations for anyone to deal with. And there are a few commonalities about the spot in life the buyer is in at that point of their life. Usually they're short on funds, can't be approved for new car financing. Uh, they, have credit, uh, they, have, they have credit questions. They find themselves perusing a side lot with extremely poor lighting and endless rows of vehicles that their original owners gave up on. <laughs> Carvana looked to change this experience for consumers that are in that market looking for a vehicle that will help them weather that time in their lives. Perfect time in history to revolutionize the used car industry due to the lowest interest rates the economy had seen in over half a century, making car loans more affordable. Carvana's strategy was to build a massive inventory and utilize unique location structures to make it as simple as possible for the consumer to browse the used cars online and pick them up at a local vending machine structure. And, you know, not all of the vehicles were dispensed through a vending machine, but they had basically said, look, we're going to revolutionize this and streamline this. You go online, you find a car you like. You can click on it, do all this through the internet, and they'll deliver the car to your house. You, you've seen the ads, right? And they'll also buy your car from you. And the interesting thing about this, for the people who are involved in the car business, like I am, is we looked at all this and said, you know, this is all great in theory, but there's a few problems here. For instance, they agree to buy your car from you, and they ask you to describe your own car. How does everybody describe their car? Oh, it's great. <laughs> How does every used car dealer look at a car on trade-in? Oh, it's a piece of garbage. And so to suggest that we're going to remove that element from the transaction means that Carvana is going to be overpaying for cars. And I heard stories. I heard stories of people trading in junk to Carvana and getting top dollar for it. And if that's true, that cuts into their profit margins. Also, they had one of those wacky return policies. You don't like the car, you can return it. And just the paperwork involved in returning a car is the kind of thing I thought to myself, that's not going to work. That will not work. Not in the long term. And of course, we've heard about the problems they've had in different states around the country. Some states have said you got problems with how you're dealing with the paperwork on your cars. Uh, you got to straighten that out or we're going to yank your license. And in Michigan, for instance, they had three physical dealers, three actual physical locations. One of those physical locations had their license suspended. I believe it was suspended more than once. And, and it was suspended the first time, and they worked out an arrangement and said, okay, as long as you follow these rules, you won't get suspended again. They didn't follow the rules. And then they got busted for that. 
they actually tried starting a letter writing campaign. They actually, people sent me the emails that they got from Carvana saying, would you please complain to your legislator about how archaic and arcane Michigan's laws are? And I know car dealers. I've got friends who are car dealers. And they say, Steve, the, the funniest thing on earth is that a company comes into Michigan and says, we're going to be a disruptor. And they can't do the paperwork. And yet, Every dealer in Michigan, besides them, uh, seemingly can do the paperwork. And there are huge volume dealers that have no problem with paperwork. There's little mom and pop shops. I know a dealer, it's one guy. I know a guy who is a dealer, it's him. If he doesn't go into work that day, his store is closed. It's him. I talked to him about this. He goes, dude, that's the funniest thing ever. That Carvana is saying they can't do the paperwork. He goes, I do the paperwork? It's just me. He sells the car. He sits down and does the paperwork. Hands the keys to the customer. They hand him the money. They drive off. And then he starts doing the stuff with sending it off to Lansing. But it's just, just him, one guy, one-man operation. On the other hand, the people with the high-volume dealers have got people who handle the paperwork. They've got no problem with it. Somehow Carvana couldn't do it. And, and for a variety of reasons, one of which was they were doing a gigantic volume. But also, number two, they had that strange thing where you could take the vehicle back for any reason which is great for the consumer, but it's a nightmare of paperwork. That's a problem. So Brian Scheid writes, this all sounds terrific in concept about Carvana's business model being a disruptor, but they made a fatal business error and they built all this infrastructure for a much higher sales volume than they're able to achieve. This has them currently in a cash-poor situation. The company's current on-hand cash is sitting at $316 million. $316 $316 million. Now you might say, Steve, that's a lot of money. I'd love to have $316 million. Well, that's coupled with the fact that during the first nine months of this year, they reported losses of $1.5 billion. $1.5 billion. That's through nine months of this year. Now, I'm not a mathemagician, but I think that means at this rate, at this rate, they'll burn $2 billion this year. So a company that burns billions, plural, of dollars a year better be raking in the cash if they want to keep that going, okay? But it says here they've got 316 on hand, 316 million on hand. They burned through 1.5 billion this year, and things ain't looking any better. So according to CNN Business, used car prices have been falling from record highs in recent months, and higher interest rates have made used cars unaffordable for many potential buyers. Carvana is a relatively new player in the used car field, has lost money most quarters since they went public in 2017. It aimed for the sales growth rather than short-term profitability. This is a big problem for the prospects of Carvana being able to recover from this predicament because the quickest way to solve a business cash shortage is to cut expenses and increase revenue. But when the revenue well has run dry, that eliminates that possibility. That has left Carvana's stock price plummeting And they recently announced they're cutting 1,500 jobs. I hope those jobs aren't in paperwork. (laughs) Because that's what they need. They need people who can do the paperwork properly. So this shouldn't breed investor confidence, Mr. Scheid writes. The major holders of Carvana's debt have entered into a cooperation agreement to give them more leverage in negotiations if the company files for bankruptcy. Analysts have cut the company's stock forecast from $9 a share down to $1 a share, 
which is a sign that the experts believe there is a high probability that they could become insolvent. Carvana certainly had big dreams and a unique concept that caught the eye of the industry and investors. If their business acumen matched their idealistic imagination, then this could have turned out much differently. Uh, we don't know yet how the story is going to end, but the writing on the wall indicates that the fatal fall might be just around the next corner. So keep in mind, like I said, I've heard stories about them overpaying for trade-ins. I've heard the stories about several states have suspended their licenses. I've heard of dealerships that lost licenses, but not the company entirely in a state. And um, I also went and looked up their stock price. Their stock price. Now, this is from last night. But um, you can look up, of course, the stock and what it's selling at right now. It's about five bucks a share, five oh five, five dollars a share. But you can also look up what it was historically, what it's been in the last year, fifty-two weeks, what its high was, what its low was. Uh, it's been as low as four dollars and forty-two cents. It was as high as two hundred and seventy-four dollars a share, two hundred and seventy-four dollars a share. So about a year ago or so, when the stock was flying high. And you bought it for two hundred and seventy-four dollars. If you hung on till it till now, um, it's down to five bucks. Down to five bucks, and that is because people are jumping off the ship because they think, "Hey, this thing's going under." And you know, I have no dog in this fight, as they say. Um, when Carvana showed up, when they first showed up, and by the way, there's other online car companies also. When they first showed up, I actually was rooting for them. Because if you could eliminate the thing that this guy was joking about at the beginning, about going to a used car lot and dealing with a used car salesperson, if you could eliminate that, that would you'd win a Nobel Prize, okay? And I'm not sure what it would be. It might be in physics, <laughs> but you'd win a prize. And I've gone through that process. And in fact, just two weeks ago, I was car shopping with a friend of mine. At a used car lot and actually went to two different used car lots. And the second car lot is where my friend bought a car. The prior car dealership we went to, the whole transaction was just a catastrophe from beginning to end. And, and it was a dealership pulling every single thing they could try to do to, to, to trick somebody into buying a car. And now, not everyone knows who I am, so... I'm with my friend. My friend walks up to, you know, we, we, we go at this dealership. My friend has an appointment. And, and, and on the way to the dealership, my friend tells me, I found a car online. I'm looking at it. The price looks good. The car looks good. Everything looks good. I just want to go there. Uh, if, you know, I might want to buy the car. I want to test drive it, look at it, negotiate a good price, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. So as we're driving there, uh, we let my, my my friend lets them know we're coming, we're on time, and we we park a car and we walk across the lot, open up the door. A person walks towards us and says, "You must be to my friend." My friend says, "Yes, I am." And this person then says, "The car we're supposed to show you just got sold, but we've got something else for you." Just drove an hour, and had confirmed that the car was there. And then somehow, between this point and this point, the car was sold and gone. Now, I didn't know that you could actually sell a car, do all the paperwork within an hour and get the person off the lot that quickly. So the car wasn't there, you'd think. But they, sh they showed us another car, which wasn't... <laughs> this is how car dealers think. 
The first car was by one of the car companies of the big three. The second car was by a different car company. And the woman who was dealing with my friend handed us off to another salesperson immediately. So as we walk in, she goes, the car you're looking at is not here. Talk to him. So now we're talking to somebody different about a different car. And the guy goes, oh, well, the other car is one of these, but this is one. Totally different cars. And, and now car dealer is thinking, okay, I've got these cars in my lot. It's all inventory. I don't care which one you buy. I'm a car buyer. I do care which one I buy. And if I'm looking at a Ford, it doesn't mean I want to buy a Saturn. <laughs> and that is not a hypothetical example, my friends. That, that, is, that is a real-life example of somebody at a dealership who thinks that people are really, really stupid. <laughs> and so the funny part is, after hanging out there for a few minutes, because we drove all that way, get in the car and leave. Two days later, my friend gets a text, are you still interested in the first car? First car got sold. It's not available anymore. My friend writes back and goes, I thought you sold that car. Oh, no, no, no. It's still here. So if we drive out there a second time, will the car be there? Or will it have been sold again? So that's the kind of junk that car dealers do to you. I don't know why they do that. I don't know why. And I bought cars at dealerships where I was treated fairly and honestly. And so have my friends. And so the people... At that dealership, I don't think they had any idea who I was. Because if they did, they would have treated us better for fear I'd do a video about it. (laughs) But there's not enough there other than the old switcheroo, the bait and switch, that I don't know if they had sold the car and were just using it as a bait car to get people in. Because it wasn't a crazy price, but it was just a clean, older model car. Or if they told us it was sold to see if we'd leave it, then we left. And you, and you can't use the bait car twice. <laughs> We've learned a lesson the first time. So the real question is what's going to happen with Carvana? And, and I feel bad because I liked the idea that you could fix that. But apparently you can't fix it the way they were doing it because they had other issues. So the question is, are they going bankrupt? And the answer, probably, probably. So we'll see what happens in the near-term future because that's pretty much what it's going to happen. But Brian Scheid wrote this piece MSN ran it. John sent it to me. Thanks a lot. A major car company is going bankrupt? Question mark. And I believe the answer we all know. There you go. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Well begun is half done.